0: Welcome to the Social Work Your Life podcast with me, Kim Beam. I am an educator, a creative writer, a social worker, a cancer survivor, and so much more. My life experiences, my gut and intuition, they have guided me throughout my journey so far. We are going to navigate this roller coaster of our lives together, finding practical ways to cope. Join me as we learn to trust our intuition and find our joy. Let's jump into today's episode. Hi, this is Megan. She's the founder of the Women's Dream Analysis and the Women's Dream Enlightenment podcast. And I'm so excited she's here with us today. So, Thanks, Kim. Yeah, Megan. So walk me through your story a little bit. What is it that you do? What is it you are giving to the world? And where are you? Just where are you?
1: Yes, so I'm in Idaho in the U.S. and I work exclusively with women to help them harness the transformative power of their dreams and I came to that after a series of medical conditions all came down on me at once which I call the perfect storm but it was anything but perfect and Growing up, I always felt very attached to things that were unseen, to the metaphysical, to the spirit world, to I was in love with Halloween, mostly because of the magical essence and the fact that it was the only day of the year, it seemed, that everybody admitted that there were spirits amongst us. And I just absolutely loved the feeling that I had on that day, and I wanted it to be every day. And I really felt very close and understood a lot then. And I think once I got older, I drifted further and further away from it until it really developed a lot of dis-ease in my body. And at that point, I really had to reevaluate realignment with my spirit and my soul. And so when I started my healing journey from all of my conditions, I started meditating. And I had done it before in my life, but not on a regular basis. And that really opened up a whole new world for me. I started recording my dreams again. And I really started feeling called to do this work. And it was almost something I didn't really have a choice about it was you're going to do this now and then when I started doing it it was and you're going to create a podcast and when I did that then all these women from all around the world rushed in to tell their stories and to support me and it was just an amazing experience.
0: So when you say that you're like In dream analysis, we are talking the actual literal when you're asleep dream. We're not talking this is what I want to do with my life kind of dream.
1: Correct. (laughs) Yes, your nighttime mysteries.
0: So how did you start unpacking your own dreams?
1: So I started writing them down, and of course, I'd I'd had a dream journal before in the past, but it was many years ago, and I did like what most people do, and I used to go online and look up different dream dictionaries and try and figure out what they meant, and I knew about the different psychology theories because I'd studied that in college, and I knew about the different approaches that were out there, but I really started delving even deeper. I started studying more approaches and different techniques and ideas and philosophies and theories about it. And eventually, I formulated my own method called the dream mirror method that I feel is the one that resonates with me the most. And I've it's been really powerful watching how well it is transformational for the women that have undergone that. So it's it's wonderful to be able to share that now and that's really become my my passion and my purpose.
0: So the journey that you were on, you like you 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 were when you were little you had like the the world opened up on Halloween and you were excited to be there. And then you you went a different direction. Right? Mm-hmm. You
1: yeah. I always celebrated it throughout the years and it was, I very much honored it for the Celtic tradition that it is and, mm-hmm. the, and the wheel of the year. But it was, the rest of my life was I I think I was shutting off a little bit that access to that higher guidance because I didn't like so many people really want to listen to it. I didn't really want to follow it because my thinking brain knew better oh there's a million reasons why that doesn't make sense why you can't put yourself out there to do that there's you know there's so many blocks and roadblocks and reasons and logical stuff behind why that you don't want to do that
0: right yeah. Okay. So what you're what you're saying, what you're getting into is the whole conversation between the left brain and the right brain. Mm-hmm. Right. The left brain, which is all logical and science and well founded in the ego, right? And the right brain, which is artistic and open and ethereal, more ethereal. And I'm using those terms more and I always I always say this, I use those terms as sort of um labels because there are times that you have your left your actual left brain can be right brain acting and your right brain can be left brain acting, but these are sort of the labels that medical science has put on these two types of thought they've said left brain is where the medical and the rational comes from and the right brain is where the artistic and the creative comes from
1: right and although i'm highly creative you know i i paint and i sew and i you know i do all kinds of creative things and i'm a writer i still was grew up with a very left-brained way of looking at the world where you have to walk this particular path. You have to make sure you stop at all the signposts and get all your stamps and you have to really be qualified and licensed and credentialed and approved and all of that. And it was very difficult to follow the call of spirit and to step in and do something that I wasn't necessarily quote-unquote credentialed in that way and yet still felt so powerfully drawn that I had to do it and so to step out and say well I've been called to do this work and I'm an intuitive and I'm here to help you and I'm not going to comply with any of the other entrapments of the 3d world is quite a challenge it's a little bit scary when you're so used to living the other way
0: absolutely 100 percent How do you hear? Like, do you know what I mean? Do you Mm -hmm. enjoy that, or do you need to explain that?
1: No, and I think it's definitely the the strongest Claire for me is the Claire audience. Okay, because I get song lyric messages in my dreams all the time because I'm very musically inclined and my subconscious has a million song lyrics libraryed in there and so it will deliver me messages with song lyrics um and I also get just all sorts of messages in my dreams not just like you know scenario stories but just clearly things I'll see written out things I'll hear things I'll wake up hearing and all sorts of so I think that's the, the biggest way.
0: So it's mo- for you, you get it while you're asleep and then you wake up and you let your left brain look at everything that happened while you were asleep.
1: Yes. And sometimes also right, right after that moment where you're transitioning from theta to beta is there's a lot in there. And sometimes you can linger in that space and go back and forth and, and get a lot of information.
0: What would you say to somebody who's like me where I wake up and I'm instantly in beta? Like I instantly hit beta. I don't know how it happens and I forget all of it. It's got to be really powerful, really, I don't know, something, something has to be slightly different in my world for me to remember a dream. Most of the time I forget them.
1: My favorite uh, technique for dream recall is to, I call it thinking backwards. And so when, if you can think in your daily life, when you walk into a room and you forget why you walked in there and you say, what did I come in here for? What was I just going to do? I completely forgot. And then you trace back and you start thinking, okay, what what was I talking about before that? What was I thinking about before that? And then you remember it. It's like that and what I tell people to do is when you first wake up instead of, you know, looking at your alarm, looking at your phone, getting up, start thinking about your day, just lie there very still with your eyes closed and think what was I just talking about? Where where was I just? Who did I just see? What was I just doing? And really practice focusing for a few minutes on that backwards thinking because you will forget 50% or more of your dream in the first five minutes once you transition to beta but if you can hold that little space in between the two you can get a hit and when you get a hit and you think oh that's right there was a bicycle even one little thing then it all starts to unfold oh yeah, and before that I was doing this, and before that I saw this, and then this was happening, and then oh yeah, and you start remembering it backwards. And so usually when I write down in my dream journal, I'll write down the first thing I remember at the bottom of the page, because then everything else I remember, oh, and before that, and before that, and before that. And so I write that above, 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 above till I get to the end of what I can remember, and then I have a linear account.
0: Right that makes sense. I like that you write it at the bottom. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to I don't want you to spill secrets right that's not that's not the intent of this question so if you feel like this would be spilling secrets mm, do what you need to do okay um but the mirror method what does that look like a little bit or is that something that you feel like would be mm?
1: no I'm, I'm happy to explain it yeah so it's four steps. And the first step is memory. So that's what we're talking about. It's where you try to remember your dream. You use different techniques to try to jog that dream recall, to flex that muscle of dream recall, because it really does take concentration, dedication, motivation, intention, all those things. So once you start being able to actually remember them and you start writing them down, the next step is mood. And that's where you write down in your dream journal the mood that you had when you went to bed, Mm -hmm. the mood that you experienced in your dream, and then the mood that you woke up in. Because all three can be different and you can even experience different moods throughout your dream as scenes change. So just make note of all of those things because, as you know... The part of our brain that's logical is turned off when we're sleeping, but the emotional part of our brain is fully active. And that's why dreams feel so emotional, because our brain is experiencing them as if they happened. It's also why we remember nightmares the most, because they're the most emotionally driven. And we might not really remember the dreams that we seemingly mundane dreams, although those still hold meaning. So the third step is mirror, and this is where I really don't do the dream dictionary process. I try to draw out from you what your personal associations are with all the different things that are in the dream. So we look at people and places, landscapes, situations, actions, colors, numbers, symbols, everything you can remember and actually women do a much better job than men of dream recalled details they try not to summarize it don't gloss it over be very specific as as you can and then I ask a series of questions that will draw out for you okay well what does that make you think of because if you say well I had a dream about a snake and you go look it up in a dream dictionary well that's kind of weird. I don't, that doesn't really resonate with me. Okay, well, you may have had a pet snake, or you may be terrified of snakes, or a snake might remind you of when you were young and you were on vacation at camp, or you, you never know what your experience is. It's different for everybody. And then the last stage is metaphor. And that's where we take all the things that we just did, the memory, the moon, the mirror, and we put them together and say, well, how is this a metaphor for your waking life? Instead of looking at it literally, what are, what's the symbolic story? Is there a parable here? If you were to give your dream a name in one short little phrase, what would it be? And that's how we really draw out what the meaning is from your subconscious of that dream.
0: I find it really fascinating, the whole, like, what does it mean for you? Yes. As an intuitive, I'm in a in a class right now, and my instructor is like, build your intuition journal about what these things mean so that you can translate it for the person. And I tell her, when I get something, I don't know what it means. Like, when I when I see something and I'm like, I don't know what that means, I hand it to the person that I'm giving the, the the reading to. I'm like, I don't know what this means. I, I'm not getting any meaning on it for myself. I'm not getting any, like, I don't I don't know what this image is or why, why I'm having it. So right. I'm just going to hand you the image. Yes. An example of that is I one time had uh, an image of this person was unwrapping a, a soccer ball. It was like a brand new soccer ball. He was being given a gift. He unwrapped it and it was a soccer ball and he went and played with it. And I looked at him and said, I have no idea what that means but that's what I'm seeing. And I hope that makes sense to you. Mm -hmm. And he didn't feel the need to explain it to me. He said, yes, that makes total sense to me. And the two of us just sort of went, okay, and like (laughs) moved on, right? Like, and so I find it really fascinating that part of your process is what does this mean for you? Not does what does all of the language and all of the free writing, right? Say about what it is, it's sort of like, when you're reading tarot cards, there's all the history that goes on from like the 1500s or 1400s in tarot cards, right? Where all of that's been slapped onto the card and you feel like you're supposed to know all that stuff. But really, what does the tarot card say to you?
1: Right. Yes. And so I try to put the onus in on the dreamer. I try to put the power on the dreamer because it's their dream and it's their subconscious. So I don't want to say, well, you know, dreams about this usually mean that. I mean, if that if I'm pressed, I can say that, but that's not really going to be the most beneficial reading for you. It really has to be drawing out what it means to you because it's your dream,
0: right? No, that makes that makes brilliant
1: sense.
0: <laughs> um. I'm always fascinated by um, how a person gets from A to B, right? Like when when you're in a space where you're doing one thing and you don't feel alive, and then you transition to a space where you do feel alive, right? Mm -hmm. There tends to be a catalyst thing that happens that gets you from not being alive to realizing you need to wake up. And then once you wake up, you're like, oh, I'm gonna go live now. Yes, it, it sounds like from you that catalyst was illness.
1: The, yes, it, this time. Yes, <laughs> there's been so many different pivotal points, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So you went from living your life where you were you in a corporate job, or were you like?
1: Yes, and also before that, just. You know, my father passed away when I was 21. And so that was a pivotal, pivotal moment in my life. And so I think it, it's always something that jars you, whether it's a loss or an illness, mm-hmm. or there's always something that, that makes you go, wait a minute. I, it's never going to be the same now. And I'm never going to be the same And now what do I do? Like, it really makes you reevaluate your whole life. Yeah. And it usually puts you on the seeking path.
0: So what made you realize that you had to lay, like, was it a, was it a day where you're like, that's it? I'm laying down the old life and picking up the new job. Was it like, I'm going to start the new, I'm going to start this new dream thing and see what happens. Like, what was that journey like for you out of, the old and into this new.
1: I like I said, it was very um existentially difficult in the beginning because of my left brain feeling that it had to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. That I, well, you know, I can't do that without going back and getting another master's degree, or I can't do that without ha- having this or that. Like it just didn't feel I was stopping myself, right? Get get, you know, getting in my own way. And Once I, what you said, the point A to the point B, I really, I've done tons of personal development work, and I'm a very big advocate of that, and so I'm always constantly doing that. But really, when I stepped into that, and I said, okay, I'm going to do this then, even though I'm terrified, um, just show me what I need to do, then it all started happening so fast. I couldn't barely keep up with it. It was just like this you know fast train. And I mean I literally had, you know, just so many metaphysical type dreams where things were happening, where I was receiving messages and things were happening and I had this one dream where I kind of I kind of bent over a little bit and this giant like Oh I, I wanna say snake because it was more like a cobra, maybe, shot out from my spinal cord, fast like a train, oh. and I heard somebody say, There she is. So I mean things like that. And I just had tons of dreams so like that. Sort of that like the
0: Kundalini energy. It,
1: yes, where it was like, okay, you know, the Phoenix. <laughs> exactly. Yes.
0: So, your own dreams, once you started having these dreams, you started having these dreams. So, this is going to sound sort of funny, but like because you started dreaming and it started to become more intense for you, you mm-hmm. sort of woke up from because of that.
1: Yes. So, the more I was like actually paying attention to them and I was recording them, and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, you know, and just kept like documenting them and seeing how the progress right seeing seeing what was happening and and if i I had been shut off and i hadn't been listening to that i wouldn't have been aware that that was happening but during the waking time i was spending all this time doing meditating and communing and asking for guidance and doing all this so it was happening Right, So that's why it's a very synergistic effect when you start to pay attention to your dreams and you're putting in the work during the day, they really start to reflect each other and you really start to see that that change happening in the story.
0: I love that. I love the idea of using your nighttime sleeping visions to help shape your daytime left brain decisions
1: yes very much so because our subconscious is influencing our decisions anyway it's 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 determining our behavior and our patterns and our expectations and our emotions our reactions everything and so why not try to understand that so that you can actually have some empowerment around that, and not just be privy to that, and not just be well controlled by that, in other words, um, it, the advantage of of understanding it.
0: That makes total sense. Is there anything else that you think you want listeners and people to know?
1: I think what you said at the about shadow is is so important because shadow work is such a big part of dream work. It is why we have recurring dreams, why we have nightmares. Because it is our shadow and our shadow is part of us that when we can integrate it into our waking lives, it, it brings us to a more holistic existence, a more holistic understanding of ourselves. And instead of trying to shut that down, by integrating that, we really gain that transformational ability So I encourage everybody to listen to their dreams and consider the benefits of dream work for for you because it's not just that aspect, but it's creativity, it's confidence, it's clarity, it's inspiration, it's aligning with your abundance, with your purpose, with your passions, because it's you, it's your inner guidance, it's your higher self and why not take advantage of that guidance that you, everyone has inside them?
0: I agree. Sounds great. This is Megan Mary. And she's at the Women's Dream Analysis. She also has the uh, Women's Dream Enlightenment podcast. And she can be found at womensdreamanalysis.com. And um, we thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you, Kim. Yeah. It was a real pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you for listening. I know you have a ton of options out there and I am grateful for you being here with me. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or post it on social media. If you have a topic or question you would like me to go over, connect with me on socialworkyourlife.com. Don't forget to subscribe and I'll talk to you soon.